Welcome to the Loan with Jen podcast, your weekly source to keep you informed on everything about financing your home, where you will hear real facts, no BS. I'm your host, Jennifer Hernandez, a loan officer since 1995, and over 4,300 families financed to date. If you're starting to think about buying or refinancing a home, wonder if you have the right credit, savings, or even income, you're in the right place. On my weekly episodes, I make complicated topics easy to understand. By the way, my license is NMLS 514497. The ideas expressed here are my own opinions and don't represent any legal advice. Thanks for joining. Let's jump in. Welcome to another Loan with Jen podcast. We're on YouTube. We're up. Whether you're listening to us or watching us, welcome. Real facts, no BS, everything about mortgage. Today we are here with Alex Massa of Appraisal MC. Alex has been doing appraisals for us for, God, a dozen years? More maybe, than that. Maybe more. Maybe yeah. a little bit more. So yeah. he's in the local Houston market. And today we are talking about home values, specifically in Houston, Texas. Uh, it will permeate to other parts of Texas, So, but if you're in Houston or surrounding areas, you definitely want to hear this episode. So we're in January 2023. Alex, thank you for being here, by the way. Happy New Year. I really appreciate it. Yeah, Happy yeah. New Year. Yeah. Um, so we're talking specifically about Houston. You've got the pulse. I know we chatted right. a, a few minutes before we started. So we're going to just get some negative stuff out of the way first because I like to talk about positive things, but some markets are declining. So tell us about that. Tell us which areas of Houston or price points are being affected by the downturn. Yeah, so let's talk about price points um, because I think that's where you see the differentiation on, on price decreases. So really you have such a large market that's looking at homes under half a million dollars. So I would say 70% of home buyers are in a market that are looking below that. Means yeah. majority of the market share is there. You've got a lot of demand there still. So really the, the slower markets or the markets where days on markets are increasing or values might be stabilizing or decreasing are really the price points over half a million. Okay. So, you know, you've got so, Houston has no zoning. So you've got a hodgepodge of areas that are over half a million all over the city, especially you know central to, to west, um, and I think those areas are the ones. I wouldn't say that they're suffering, but they're the ones where you can significantly see price points are days getting on a market. little bit depressed, or days on market are increasing. Yeah. So tw just let's rewind a minute. Twenty twenty one showed right. us. I mean, days on market was about two, <laughs> literally. That, yeah. And so now. In these, let's talk about the over 500,000, the ones that are, we're starting to see a decline. Right. Um, are you seeing days on market go to about, if you could guess on average, I know different areas might be a little bit different, but what are they? Yeah, they're increasing. They're at three to four months, let's say. Okay. Yeah. Which is still a seller's, semi-seller's market. They say six months is 100%. balanced. Yeah. Okay. They say six months is balanced, but since... 2011, 2012, everything has been under three months. So yeah. anything over three months feels it's, really slow it feels or like weird. an oversupply. Correct. So are you seeing values from appraised values of what market value is, you're seeing them go a little bit backwards? 
This is what's very tricky. So when you do an appraisal, you're looking at past data. Okay. The past data is still good. What we're seeing is the contract prices are coming in uh, above contract price, but they're lower than what we can appraise it for because we're using past data. So what, what I'm thinking is happening is they don't have buyers. They're taking lower offers and the closings we have today are what's going to depress the comps for the next few months. Tomorrow. Exactly. That's, that's pretty good intel right there. That was amazing. Right. Okay. So now I did hear, so I've got some realtor friends that said in West University, which is always, it's close to the med center, close to everything. Yeah. They're like, we can't keep houses on the market in here. Is that true? Is it's West true. U, West yeah, U is West U's still hot. There's still a few markets that are hot. That are hot. So in the upper end, which markets would you say are hot? Memorial. Um, if you look at Memorial price point under two million, still mm -hmm. hot. Okay. Um, West U price point under two. Eh, really under 1.8 Bel Air um, under 800 now okay. the stuff in Bel Air over 800 is starting to see a bit of a decline or okay. a little bit more depressed um, all those all those areas have something in common they are all zoned to really good school districts right? yeah so so that's the key it seems to be the key to the location so yeah. what about upper end over the 500 in like the birds like I live in Katy and so there's you know, it's easy to find a six, seven, eight hundred thousand dollar house out there now. Yeah. You know, uh, Seven Lakes. I mean, they're they're everywhere. Six, seven hundred. Yeah. yeah. So you've got inventory increasing. You've got builders that got ahead of themselves. Okay. And um, you know, started building specs, thinking, oh, we'll get these sold, no problem. They're sitting on the market. And they're sitting. You're competing against that. And then on top of that, you have people that went under contract for new construction a year ago that may not be able to afford that today with today's interest rates. Yeah. So those contracts are canceling and they're going back on the market. So the suburbs in that price point really starting to see, not a glut, but you're starting to see the inventory start to grow. So I'm gonna take a segue here and we're gonna get back to, now we're gonna talk about, we're gonna talk about the markets that are thriving, but I do wanna make a mention, you said that people get, that got under contract a year ago might not be able to afford. So whether it's new construction or resale, talk to your lender, if it's not me, I would love to be your lender, but I may not be, about a buy down. So you can use a seller credit, and we're gonna go deeper in seller concessions towards the end, we already kind of mapped that info out, but you can use a seller credit to buy down the rate. So uh, we're gonna talk about that a little bit deeper uh, towards, towards the end. So FYI, side, sidebar. Absolutely. So let's talk about the thriving market. So would that be things under 500,000? Things under 500,000 in good locations. Um, you know, one of the key factors for good locations in Houston, especially in the Burbs, is being zoned to a good school district. Okay. Um, Katy. Katy, you know, Cypress. Fulcher. Fulcher. You know, the Spring. The, Spring is even good. Even Pearland, mm -hmm. Friendswood. Yeah. Spring. All Woodland, of it. Woodland. So... The in burbs. Those, in the burbs, yeah. That's why people move out there, raise children, and send them to good schools. So. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So what about, uh, you know, the price point of the below 250? You know, we've got a lot of buyers that all they can afford, especially when people are leaving the rental community, a lot of people want an 1800 or a $2,000 a month payment. Exactly. And that's a 220 
you know, let's say just below 250 house. So how is that yeah. market doing? Very, very competitive. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll tell you why is because you're competing against investors that are thinking the same thing, that mm -hmm. there are a lot of people out there that may not be able to afford payments, but they're able to afford uh, renting a house. So you've got big buyers from hedge funds to, um, you know, more smaller local funds to individual investors trying to gobble up that mm -hmm. market share in the anticipation that rents are going to continue going up. Now, I saw a report today where rents are actually going down. Oh, uh, wow. Nationwide, they were down 3%. Um, but if you drive around the burbs, you're starting to see single-family construction slow down, multi-family construction start to increase. I think what's happening is people are having a difficult time in some markets maybe selling property, so they're putting them on the market to rent. So that's increasing the pool of rentals right now, which will, in in, in that instance, lower the uh, the cost of renting a home. Interesting. Yeah, that's so really many weird dynamics. And yeah, you know, one thing I I've always said is appraisers are uh, you know they're experts at predicting the past. Never would I have predicted in a market like this. I was expecting rental rates to just continue, but with more inventory being pulled off the market for sale and going back into the rental pool, now I see how that dip could happen on the rental rates. Well, let's face it though, like this needed to happen. Um, this could yeah. not, 2021, it was fun for about a month. And then I was like, okay, like just, it was too much. It, it was, was too it's much. Yeah. the inflation that, and that's why the interest rates, that's why the Fed started choking, let's call it choking the economy for this exact reason. This is supposed to happen. Right. And as, inflation comes down y'all rates will start to come down so as things become more affordable so that's good news we'll talk about that in a minute on some on some good news uh, what we foresee but so thriving markets really anything under 500,000 which is uh, that that's that's more thriving mm -hmm. in certain market areas yeah right? we talked about the burbs now you look inside the city townhomes patio homes under 500,000 that's more of a that that's an oversupplied market you know, oh, you had okay. a lot of inventory planned over the last couple of years. The market was hot. You had a lot of developers jumping in and now it's gotten really competitive. Okay. And, um, you know, interest rates affect the monthly payment. So yeah. you've got less potential buyers for those types of properties. That is, that is true. Um, so days on the market in these in these lower price range areas, like you said, let's talk about the burbs first okay. and then we'll do inner city. So in average. The, in the lower lower price point market areas, I'm still seeing under a month oh, on wow. days on market. Yeah. In so, the three, four, five hundred thousand. Absolutely. Okay. If it's a, a competitive market, a, a well kept home, it's still under a month. Okay. And um, in the inner city stuff, the inventory, it's the three, four months maybe that you're seeing? It, um, it really depends on the particular market area. You know, some markets are still semi-hot, like the Heights. But okay. I can see Montrose's um, volume and days on market increasing to maybe two to three months for townhome, patio home, condo style living. Okay. So. Okay. Um, so let's talk, we'll talk more about, we're going to talk about seller concessions that are Can't some solutions. I know. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about what we're going to foresee. So we've got some good stuff to come. Um, so seller concessions, so I like to try to make things simple. So a seller concession is where the seller gives a credit. Now there are some limits. I'm going to put in the notes 
of the description of whether it's a podcast or video that you're watching, I'll put the link to seller closing cost credit limits so that you can watch that um, another time. So as long as you're within the limits, right. I mean, if you're paying cash, there's no limit, but as long as you're within the max limits that the lender will allow, a seller credit can be one of three things. It can just go towards flatline closing costs, just reduce your cash to close. Right. Or the second way is it can reduce, permanently reduce the interest rate. So let's say the rate, I'm just making this up, but let's say it was 6.5 and you could pay about 1% of the loan amount. So let's say the loan amount's 400,000, you pay $4,000, it would buy it down probably to 6.1. Okay, so that's the math. Now you can pay more to buy further, but that $4,000 of that upfront one-time fee, you can negotiate with the seller to pay that. Right, that's okay? right. So they could pay 4,000, they could pay 8,000. 4,000 can go to buy it down, and the other four can go to another closing cost, you right. know, just normal closing Title costs. insurance, whatever. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Can it be applied to any of those things? Yeah. Now the third way, and it's a little bit more expensive for the seller, and it's equivalent to about 2.5% of the loan amount. So if it's a $100,000 loan, this is the math I can do in my head, <laughs> if it's a $100,000 loan, it's $2,500, okay? So basically it lowers the interest rate. It's called a 2-1 buy-down. It's a temporary buy-down, and it buys let's say the rate's 6.5, the two and the two one buy down means that the first year it's 2% lower. So instead of 6.5, the rate is 4.5. And then the second year it's 1% lower. So it hops up to 5.5. And then in year three, it's the fully 6.5 rate. But by then rates are gonna be down and we're gonna be refinancing anyway, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Yeah. So that, that temporary buy-down actually saves clients more money in the short term. So again, it has to be paid by the seller. It's a, it's a heftier cost, yeah. but if you're looking, if you're in an area that's a little bit suppressed, take advantage. We are seeing buyers take advantage of this. Um, saves borrowers hundreds of dollars on their mortgage payment. And again, it's temporary until such a time when rates do come down. So now that leads me to, we're gonna talk about what Alex foresees in the value market, just your crystal ball to your best right. knowledge, and then I'll talk about interest rates. Let me, I wanna jump in on the seller's concessions real okay. quick, because I have a thought on this. While you were talking, my brain was spinning. We've got a window right now, this first quarter, where I believe homes are going to appraise above contract. And that leaves room for sellers' contributions. Uh, for example, a year ago, um, if you were trying to get $10,000 in seller's concessions from the seller and they gave it to you, if the home didn't appraise for that amount, then you would possibly lose those seller's concessions. If it only appraised for two hundred dollars on the $210,000 sales price, well, you, you probably will negotiate that seller's concessions out. Well, right now we've got that window where we're looking at past sales. The past sales are a little bit higher and you can inflate, I'm gonna say inflate the sales price a little bit and still be supported with past sales in order for seller's contributions to be given to the buyer. So this is a short window. Three months from now, 
with these new sales that are happening, if they're not closing at a certain price and the lower the prices get more depressed, your window of seller's contributions might dwindle a little, a little bit more. So this is going to be a diamond that I'm about to give everybody who's made it this far. Thank you for listening this far. Uh, this is going to hopefully make the whole thing worth it. Did you know that let's say you're under contract for a certain amount and it comes in higher that you can go back to the seller and whatever the difference is say, hey, will you kick that? Can you give me that amount in closing cost credit as long as it doesn't exceed those credit limits that the limits that we talked about right. that you can watch in that other video that we've got below um so for an example let's say four hundred thousand let's say the price negotiated is 400 and let's say there's no seller's concession so far nothing was negotiated let's just right. say and it comes in at 410 which could happen it happened it to us the other day happens all the time that ten thousand dollars you can reapproach the seller and say, "Can we up the price to 410, and you give us 10,000 in closing costs, and we use it to buy down the rate?" Now, it's important to know that it we can do this only because it 100% benefits the buyer. If it benefits the seller in any way, it will not pass, at least when there's a lender involved. Right. But it's a really creative way to squeeze a little bit more use that leverage and help with closing costs whether i mean really whether the buyer needs it or not i mean i would take it whether i need it yeah, yeah well and buy down the rate why not buy down do it do a two one buy down whatever costs you have to so right. when the lender tells you that it's appraised for hire ask them if that can happen or like help me do this we automatically go to our clients about it but again, I'm not doing every loan in Harris County. I wish I was, but you know, I'm not right. uh, realistic. So that's just something for you that's a little bit uh, of a bonus. So um, what do you foresee, Alex, with values? Let's just talk about yeah. 2023. Let's talk about uh, inventory and values. I think it's a hard pill to swallow for sellers right now. And that they've got to lower the price on their homes in order to move it. So. Um, what we're going to end up seeing is as inventory increases, as days on market increase, the sellers will start getting a little bit more desperate, and that's when prices will come down to where buyers and sellers can meet. I think we're back to our seasonal trends. We've been in the industry, both of us, for more than two decades, and the seasonal trends are, hey, January, February, February are slow. You start seeing the uptick in March. We're back to to that. To that. Um, mm -hmm. And I think on top of that, right now is going to be a good opportunity in the next two months for buyers to pick up homes at prices that are more reasonable to them. Mm -hmm. And don't worry about the rate. Like Jen is saying, we both think rates are going to come down. I'll spare you the. Uh, I, I'll, I'll give you that the the floor on that. Um, you'll be able to refi at some point. So. Yeah, thank you. I actually just made a video yesterday um, about why rates don't matter. So, um, but what I foresee from the the rate perspective, and this is all stuff that I've been reading. There's economists that I'm listening to. You know, I'm definitely diving into all of that. Is that within 12 to 18 months, the rates will will come down right. and and there's prediction that we'll see the fours again i really don't think we'll see the threes that was that was falsified because the u.s was buying its own debt right. 
Right. I mean, that was manipulated 100%. But that, that could happen in the future. But I wouldn't bank on it. But right now, people that are getting something with rates in the sixes or the sevens, if it gets into the, even in the fives, right? Like you'll be right. saved, depending on your loan amount, you'll be able to save quite a bit of money. So that's, that's number one. I do foresee as inflation starts to come down, the rates will come to down, come yeah. down. It's a historic fact. Like you look back on interest rates over the last, in fact, we're gonna put that uh, graph, we'll put a link to that graph in the, the notes, uh, the show notes of this description as well. So, um, that's what I foresee. I see a lot of refinance in the future. And that's why, you know, lenders, a lot of uh, the rates are staying a little bit high or you're starting to see points on loans because they know that they're going to have early payoff, y'all. Like that's if you're true. an investor, yeah. if you're an investor, you cannot get an investor loan without paying two points up front because yeah. they know that you're going to pay them off. They know. Now homeowners can when it's a primary residence, but um, you know the the, mar the market's a little fickle right now because they know that the payoff is coming in two years. So they're like, well, we got to get our fees up front. Yeah. So that's what I foresee. I really appreciate you coming in today. My pleasure. I'm glad um, to share some knowledge. I you know I don't have a crystal ball, and neither do you, but we're optimistic. Um, one last thing I do want to mention: we're talking about Houston and our company services. 39 states so we see a lot of markets we didn't see the huge increases that other markets saw so i don't foresee us seeing huge decreases in values yeah. like other markets there's no better place to buy a home keep a home than houston texas so i'm just glad we're we're based out of here yeah that is true and for those of you whether you're a buyer or a seller that's listening or a realtor I will put appraisal MC's info down if you need a measure of a house or if I would if I was selling my house right now I would get a an appraisal prior to listing it I would for sure right so that I knew sure. yep. what to expect so a local appraiser can definitely help you with that Alex yep. thank you so much Thanks, Jen. yeah viewers Good listeners luck, thank you for tuning in real facts no BS loan with Jen out Thank you for listening to the Loan with Jen podcast. Keep joining me each week to stay up to date on the mortgage industry as I'll dive into relevant topics so your home financing process, whether you're buying or refinancing, is smooth and simple. If you enjoyed today, please click follow and that way you'll never miss an episode. To find us on social media, just go to Loan with Jen on any of the social media handles, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in this week for Real Facts, No BS. Talk soon.